0: In this episode of Green Grass and High Tides, I'm gonna be talking about blue veined brie, a wonderful cheese. It's a soft cheese from the organic Cotswold cheesemakers, the dairy Simon Weaver, and I'm gonna be pairing that With a lovely crisp white wine from Sharpen up in the River Dart, South Devon, and we're going to talk about how to use blue cheese, how it's made. The whole episode is in association with 44 Foods. If you're looking for a new way to do your weekly shop, then check out 44foods.com. They partner with UK producers who are just passionate about the fantastic food they create, whether that's fresh fish from the Cornish Coast or prime Scottish beef. They take that passion for delicious food and deliver it with care direct to your door. So it's 44foods.com. So Blue cheese is one of those things that I think is slightly divisive, sadly, amongst some people, a bit like Marmite. Some people say, oh, I don't like blue cheese. Well, I think, frankly, there are many different types of blue cheese. And I think to say that you don't like it because it's got mold is a bit silly given so much good cheese, whether that's brie, camembert, is produced with... Um, you know molds it's like you've got you've got the ripening process that de- develops flavor so i think for me blue cheese is something personally i adore so everything about this episode is biased because to me like a good blue cheese has got bags of flavor really versatile to cook with fantastic on a cheese board with pizzas baked cooked used as a sauce a whole load of a versatility in the kitchen but just on its own a good cheese that's blue how's it made um it's been a few years since i've made my own blue cheese but i've also had the privilege of visiting some really good dairies around the southwest who are making blue cheese essentially it was probably first produced by mistake but like all great discoveries it's obviously been adapted to create something that's consistent and superb i love the variety of blue cheeses out there as well from all over europe all over the world you've got famous favourites like you know italian gorgonzola or a crumbly sort of tangy french roquefort and then of course british stilton and cornish blue now the one i've got here is a cotswold blue veined brie so really shows the versatility of of blue cheese in different types of cheese and this is becoming more and more widespread really across the uk the notion of introducing penicillin roquefortie which is one of the most sort of popular moulds into a goat's cheese or into a brie like this one from Simon Weaver that I've got here. The method to make it uh, traditionally goes down to, it used to be sort of mainly hard blue cheese with veins of mold growing inside, but also soft cheeses with blue molds forming. You can create a rind on the outside. The mold spores are actually sort of normally available freeze-dried sort of powders from from cheese making suppliers but you mix them with a little water leave them to rehydrate and then use them in this sort of the standard cheese making process so i've made um some goat's cheese with blue bloom sort of on the outside and that's a really nice easy way of getting started it does need a ready supply of oxygen for the sort of the bloom to develop so we expose that cheese to air just so that it really lets the mold grow well it's also quite amazing if you dust them with a little vegetable ash as well just to add flavor and then protect the mold as it grows. The the other option for obviously making a hard blue cheese is slightly more complex. Very often done with used milk. This one here we've got actually again from the Cotswolds Clover Rich Pastures. Really lovely light flavor similar to the, the Cotswold Brie that I've tried. Right on the, the meadows of the River Dickler, Simon Weaver has produced basically an organic soft cheese, which is perfect for sandwiches and salads. The introduction of slightly more complex flavour in the in the veins comes from mould spores that can either be sprinkled over the curds when it's packed, so they're already in there, or some people, I think, actually sort of insert skewers in the side to sort of just actually get these veins going through the cheese. So the production process can differ, but the key thing is that a really good blue cheese has been deliberately allowed to develop mold and culture with penicillin rock 40 is the key one but there are sort of I guess other ways and and that blue cheese is made I think that the way it's then used is something that needs to be treated fairly delicately I think a lot of people will overdo it with blue cheese or the opposite they won't use enough so there's a balance in the way you use it because its flavor is so much more pronounced and I think for me there are certain flavors that pair incredibly well with with a blue cheese this one obviously being a brie it's already creamy it's light but it's got that indulgent sort of velvety texture as well so what i would always do if you're just getting it out to pop on a cheese board get it out half an hour 40 minutes before you intend to serve it so it's chambrés and comes up to temperature equally if you're serving it with a wine which in this case i've got a a 2019 sharp and dart valley reserve it's kind of beautiful-looking white wine, that's been chilling, so it's really cold. And the cheese comes up to temperature so that when you taste it, you really capture all the flavour. Now, I've visited some master cheese graders in my time and seen all sorts of cheese making, but when they're actually tasting cheese, a lot of people will just rub it between their finger to warm it up, especially with hard hard cheeses like cheddar. Smell it, have a good smell, and then taste it. The volatile compounds that are in cheese and all of the culture that develops because of the introduction of mould really benefit from a little warmth so in this case i'm going to get the cheese right up to temperature and then flavor pairings with a lovely blue veined brie like this i would recommend looking at things like walnuts something nutty really does very well robust oily herbs like rosemary sage tend to be very good with a, an element of woody sort of aroma to them um, and those oils that really work well with a blue cheese and then the other thing of course is fruit now You've got a huge amount of choice of fruits that work well. Grapes, lovely, obviously again pairing across to wine. I think the notion of melon is something I want to talk about a bit more later because I think that melon and then the almost slight lactic tang you get from a good fermented charcuterie also works really well with that earthy, delicate sort of mould. It's, it's a contradiction in flavour, the way blue cheese can deliver on the one hand something that feels very autumnal, and at the same time is, you know, you want it with rocket pesto on a pizza or served with truffle oil and a nice a little bit of celeriac remoulade or something. It's, it's very much a cheese that can fit in all times of year, uh, remarkably so. And I think if you are cooking with it, and it is getting into the the sort of the winter months, then consider using chestnut, root vegetables, even a really good leek and potato soup can be utterly elevated with some grated blue brie in there at the last minute just to take it to the next level. So it's very much an ingredient that I like to almost use as a finishing cheese in a way, if that makes sense. So when I'm cooking, I might produce a wonderful soup or a, a stew or be working on a salad but by introducing some blue cheese what you get is a whole other level of flavor just added at the end. Equally if you want to be you know a bit more old-fashioned with it you could go down the route of looking at a proper root vegetable sort of pasty or a pie but then if you you know take celeriac and a little bit of potato and some onion or shallot add in some blue cheese you've all of a sudden got like a gratin or with a leek gratin something that goes phenomenally well when it's roasted in the oven because the cheese will come out but all of that uh, blue cheese flavor just gently permeates through the dish in a way that you can convince people who supposedly like i said at the beginning who might not like blue cheese they could change their mind completely when they've got something like this cotswold blue veined brie i mean it's 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 the way to introduce people to blue cheeses i think that another option to consider again if you're looking for classic dishes that could potentially be you know updated a bit is something that involves celery and walnut almost like a waldorf with apple creating that sort of a salad that's also got some pepperiness from some rocket leaf or you know some bitterness from using some sorrel in terms of other leafy herbs to try with blue cheeses i would probably veer towards the likes of chervil and tarragon as good partners personally basil and and coriander and things not so much with the blue cheese but in terms of drinks and and obviously now 44food.com are doing these amazing wines beers So I've chosen to pair with this one, put on my sommelier hat here, which I don't wear very often just to be upfront about that. But I've got a Dart Valley Reserve. So this was made from two years worth of harvest, I believe. Let me just read this for you. Uh, Carefully blended, well-balanced wine, perfectly ripe and fruit driven. It says we've got a fresh acidity with a delicately complex palate to be enjoyed by all. So I'm going to crack this open, have a little sip and let you know my thoughts and and why I've chosen it really to go with the Cotswold Blue. The dish I'm going to be cooking in a minute as well is a salad combination, which I think has It could be at home, you know, on a Mediterranean feasting table or, you know, just a a rustic Cornish farmhouse, very much using this great blue cheese with melon and I've got some Dorset charcuterie and then a crisp white wine on the outside. So we're going to be popping the two things together, serving that up in a bit in the kitchen. First I'm going to open this bottle and just go through what it tastes like. So. This dark valley reserve, here we go, let's have a taste. It's got a lovely pale color to it. Real sort of floral notes to the aroma. Slightly, I suppose, like herbaceous, reminds me of the uh, herbs in the greenhouse on a warm day. Oh, Lovely citrus fruity bite almost like a a sort of a saline note to it as well quite sort of oceanic light and, and fresh um flavored i think it would work really well with seafood as well actually but with this blue cheese it's going to be ideal i think that for me tasting it there's a little hint of almost like a subtle grapefruit quite punchy lime flavor to it so a real rounded quite full profile i think that citrus flavor again cutting through something that is a creamy blue-veined brie is quite important, especially when you're dealing with any blue cheese and you're looking for acidity in your dishes with some white wine vinegar or some grapefruit juice, a little bit of lemon or preserved lemon. That's a really important thing because sometimes blue cheese can be dominant in a dish and you want to have that acidity to cut through it. I think that this particular wine, for me, got a real strong like garden herb profile and a good character to it. The acidity's well balanced i love it but it's also quite fruity almost it's almost got a mm, like green gauge or nice version sort of like tang to it something very fresh hint of pear so i'm digging this actually reminds me as well pears always consider having a play with some pears with with a good blue cheese in this next recipe that i'm going to go do inside it's going to have melon some lovely baby watercress good salad charcuterie I'll make a lovely fresh zingy dressing just to play to the acidity but I don't want to overpower the the sort of the the blue cheese the, the the brie I've got here because I want the wine on the side to deliver that contrast in flavor that punchy finish as you have a lovely mouthful of you know blue cheese and charcuterie melon salad then as you wash it down with a nice cold chilled bottle of wine I think that's really going to make this a a dish to remember i think if you aren't going for wine for this recipe then do have a look at a a cider as well cider with blue cheese can work wonderfully especially if it's nice and crisp and a a dry cider or even more of that breton style traditional fizzy ciders can be fantastic even a peri to be honest, good old Herefordshire Perry would be nice with this. So um, I'm going to go inside and cook up my favourite blue cheese salad um, of all time. It's gone through various iterations over the years but it's a real crowd pleaser and you can get as fancy as you like with the presentation of it. The key thing is make sure you use lots and lots of good quality blue cheese. hero of this recipe is this beautiful Simon Weaver organic Cotswold blue veined brie. So I'm going to open it up and then explain a little bit about why I'm pairing it with the ingredients that I've chosen. Um, The key thing with a, a good salad and any cheese that you're planning to serve to your guests is obviously get it out of the fridge at least half an hour 45 minutes before you intend to serve it. This cheese looks awesome from the outside it looks like any regular brie but as i slice it i'm seeing gorgeous little veins and pockets of blue mold um, which has been developed and cultured in here for extra flavor and i think there's something about a semi-soft blue cheese which just screams luxury compared to just a stilton or a crumbly roquefort and sort of gooey gorgonzola these ones for me are absolutely fantastic in a salad because it delivers that little point of difference. So I've also got here from 44 Foods some baby cucumbers which would be fantastic just pickled with some bay and dill and yellow mustard if you wanted to make your own gherkins. I'm just going to take a couple of them and slice them and then the flavour combination for this very fresh zingy salad is some herbs. I've deliberately chosen these herbs, mint and tarragon, to go with the quite sort of herbaceous white wine from Sharpen that I sort of tasted earlier. So I want to really bring out those flavours in the food and then obviously I've paired that with the blue-veined cotswold brie here because that's going to again work really well as a dish. The other thing that I'm sort of missing in that flavour profile, so here I've got the anise from the tarragon which is going to be gorgeous with Then a lovely, fresh sort of garden mint. Um, But I'm missing citrus. I want to capture that punch that you get when you have a lovely sip of the the wine. So instead of citrus as a straight up flavour, I'm actually going to be using melon, which I think has got a a wonderful complex flavour, which is similar to sort of like the, um, the sweetness that you get from a good bit of uh, lemon or orange, but it's also got a a grapefruit bitterness quality to it, a back note, which is actually going to work really well with this recipe. So I've got my mint and tarragon. I want to roughly chop that. Don't want it too fine, because I don't want it all to bruise, but I'm going to then be tossing that in with the cucumber and now preparing a lovely fresh melon. Just, taking out the seeds and I'm going to dice this up. I think for me there's an interesting new trend that's starting to shape up a lot with chefs which is charred watermelon. I think that's something that I do recommend trying this year if you haven't tried that yet. Um, I think personally with a cheese this delicate I don't want to introduce any char or umami to this other than a, a slight secret weapon which i've also ordered from 44 foods which are some gorgeous smoked almonds now i would normally pair a robust blue cheese with walnut or chestnut but in this instance because it is a very soft uh brie that's got the vein of blue running through it i've decided instead to go for um, some smoked almonds just for a little a little bit more of a mediterranean vibe And then we've also got some charcuterie, which I'll talk to you about in a sec. So I'm just using half a melon for this recipe, along with that lovely block of Cotswold Blue Veined Brie. The melon is super ripe. How do you tell if a melon's ripe? Well, you just gently squidge its bottom and there's a little hole there. You press that, it should be soft to touch um, and that will give you the clue that actually it's ready to chop open. And use in the kitchen so I've got my half melon going in with the cucumber mint and tarragon and now I'm going to open up some of these lovely Cambrook hickory smoked almonds just take about half a pack so it's about 40 grams sprinkle them in there as well and then I've got some awesome air-dried charcuterie here Um, it's produced in England from outdoor reared West Country pork it's basically spiced slightly to accentuate the flavor of the meat but it's a really good cure they've used and they've done it for up to three months so it's it's a pork loin that's air dried and then sliced super fine Um, the cure they use has actually got some fennel which is going to go well with a nice from the tarragon um, and also some juniper a little bit of mace so a really nice authentic British bit of charcuterie I'm just gonna carefully pop these lovely bits of ham through, and then we're gonna make a dressing, um, which is gonna be quite a straightforward dressing, but I really like a good nutty olive oil. And um, it's gonna, again, complement the flavor in these gorgeous almonds and work to just provide the acidity that we need in the dish to run alongside the melon. So for your dressing, get yourself some red wine vinegar, one part of that, so that's a good old glug, probably a tablespoon, and then a couple of tablespoons of olive oil. I'm using a really nice extra virgin olive oil here, organic, because I've sort of gone down that vibe today with the gorgeous cheese. And I do love using organic ingredients. And then we're going to grab some British honey Have to sweeten it up ever so slightly. Dip the spoon in, drizzle the spoon off into the bowl. That's all you need. And then we're going to whisk this together with a pinch of salt uh, using good sea salt in any of my cooking some for the salad as well mix that with a whisk until that honey and salt is completely through the dressing so a dead easy vinaigrette base if you wanted to get a bit more adventurous you can pop in some dijon um dijon dijon yeah um or any sort of whole grain mustard but taste that lovely Um, so i'm now going to pop that over the ham the melon and the cucumber just use my hands to lightly coat it all and i can tell that this is looking good because i'm starting to feel very hungry Um, now we're going to introduce the cheese gently fold this because i want it to maintain its shape when you've got a lovely ripe brie Obviously it's very soft, so I don't want it to mush up, but I do want the dressing just to coat it a little. And then the final component, we're gonna use are some baby leaves, but I've gone for watercress, baby watercress again, from 44 Foods. You wanna do this at the last minute just before serving, because otherwise they will um, take that acidity Um, From the dressing and start to sort of wilt a little and I've also got a really nice um, Leaf lettuce mix which again is some baby shoots bigger than microgreens Which I think have had their day in terms of trends, but equally this baby leaf It's super tender full of flavor really colorful. So now I've prepared the salad. I'm just going to add a final pinch of salt Toss it serve it and that's it. It is a room temperature beautiful salad that when we pair it with the wine is gonna be a real crowd pleaser. So we're serving this gorgeous sort of blue cheese salad with sharpened Dart Valley Reserve, which is a wonderful punchy, sort of citrus garden herbaceous wine. Um, I'm gonna have a nice glass of that on the side. In here, we've got melon, some Dorset charcuterie, Cotswold blue-veined brie, really nice baby cucumbers, baby watercress, and then mint and tarragon with some smoked almonds. It's an unusual salad. I heavily recommend trying this recipe because you'll find it absolutely delicious. And make sure you've chilled your wine and brought that cheese up to room temperature.